Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, all doing big things in their space. So we talk to, whether it's CEOs, we've talked to athletes, we've talked to scientists, we've talked to different professionals that, again, are are doing really cool things in their space and that we can translate some of those wins, hopefully, into our own lives. And I know we're going to do some of that today. There's some uh, really great information I'm sure we're going to take away. Just before we jump into that, if you've listened to the podcast for a little while, you know a lot of our guests talk about how important it is to intentionally set goals for themselves. And so what we've done is is we've um, created a partnership with the Full Focus Planner, which is uh, Michael Hyatt. If you know Michael Hyatt, um, you know that he did a lot of putting that together. So um, if you go to our Instagram profile, and I can see that our guest actually has it kind of right away. Um, Fantastic book. And I I know that there's some some great stuff that you can take away. Just go to our Instagram profile. If you go into uh, the bio, you can actually get a link, go right to it, take a look around. There's lots of different versions of it and things that you can do with it. So um, so we'll definitely uh, say to do that. Um, the other one is we have a lot of people that are either business owners, um, people that are maybe trying to go back into the workforce. Um, and we have a partnership with Epitome HR, and uh, they are a boutique HR consultancy firm um, that is really helping organizations make some sense out of what's happening in the market right now. Um, but one of the things that makes it nice and easy is if you go to the website, they have a, um, a free HR assessment that will help you work through some of the questions, some of the things that if you're just trying to figure out what makes sense as we head into this new reality, um, then uh, I would say definitely take a look at it. And all you have to do is go to www.epitomehr.com and that's E-P-I-T-O-M-E-H-R.com. Um, see what uh, makes sense. And uh, we know that it can help a lot of people right now. So, so definitely check that out. Um, so we'll go on to our, our guest who I know already uh, obviously does lots of goal setting. So I know we're going to go into that today. Um, Jennifer Burson is the president and founder of Generation PR. That's a public relations and social media marketing firm. Um, And it really specializes in a lot of promoting of lifestyle brands, which I know we're going to talk a lot about as well. Um, Her clients range from multi-billion dollar brands to small and medium-sized companies as well that are in growth phases. She's also the creator of the Agency Accelerator, where she helps teach other entrepreneurs how to grow and scale a profitable marketing agency. She has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Inc.com, uh, Business Insider, and many more. And she's also been featured on Babbel.com as one of the 10 mompreneurs who made it big, which is kind of cool as well. Um, so again, thank you for taking the time. Jen, I really appreciate you being able to join us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. We've, we've talked a little bit about some of the things that you're doing right now, but I'd like to kind of go back a little bit because I know that you didn't start in that kind of marketing kind of role that you're in right now. And I think that would be interesting to a lot of people just to see how did you get here? Where did, where did you come from and how did you get into marketing? Yeah, total 180 from my previous career. I was a civil litigation attorney in Los Angeles and I practiced law at a big firm for four years and kind of realized it wasn't the best fit for me or my personality. And one of the biggest things I noticed was that there weren't any women that I could look to as role models for the kind of life that I ultimately wanted to have. I mean, I was young and and dating and I knew that I wanted to like, you know, settle down, get married and have kids. And 
have the ability to be present and checked in and, and, you know, be there for my children, but I didn't see any role models that had that kind of life that I could just point and say, she's got it going on. I'm going to do exactly what she did and make partner and, you know, be able to be there for my kids when they need me. And I just started like planted a seed, like, is this the path for me? Will this be the career that's going to serve the kind of life that I want to have? And I looked, I really looked for it. Like who here can be a mentor to me in that? And I really just saw women that had kids and were kind of phased out or they were partners and they never saw their children or they were partners and never really had kids kind of like men and, you know, women in skirt suits, I guess. Um, So I just thought, you know, this just really isn't the right fit for me. And um, yeah, I have kind of a weird story about how I got started, but I essentially started promoting a brand on the side, unpaid. I just Mm -hmm. had a really strong feeling for, it was a fragrance company. And um, I just reached out to the owner of the company, knowing that she had such a great brand and product. The branding was fantastic, but she had no presence here in the US, um, even though it was based in California. She had no... I, I discovered it in Europe on my bar trip and I was like, this is great, you know, but where, how do I get more? And I was kind of surprised to find out they were in the U S because they didn't have any retailers. So I reached out to her and I had this kind of a vision for how I could help this company. Yeah. And, um, I can get into that if you want to hear like, yeah, it. yeah. It is lit a fire under my butt to like, absolutely. So I, um, I reached out and I just said, send me a big box of products. I'm a stranger off the internet. I'm a lawyer, but (laughs) if you send me products, I can get them out to people and kind of see what happens. And she did, you know, I said, I'll do this for no fee, but let's just see what happens. And she had one fragrance called I am beautiful. And at the time, Christina Aguilera had a same, you know, same song, song with the same name. I sent it to her. And then I told the magazines about it, that she had it. I didn't say she was like a fan or endorsed it. It was just kind of like, she has it. Um, And they picked it up in a weekly magazine and it ran um, probably within two weeks of me pitching it and having it show up in print. And there were two things that really kind of made an impact for me. It was the fact that I was holding something tangible in my hand in such a short turnaround, whereas in litigation, I worked on cases sometimes for two, three years, and it was just all about spending and, you know, tearing down businesses and, you know, wasting money. So that the others, it was just like about, um, you know, kind of spending exhausting resources and not actually building up a company and in a positive way. And the second thing was that the owner of the company told me she had so many um, new business inquiries and so many people reaching out to buy the product. It was the biggest thing that ever happened in her business. And it was for me, like having this positive impact in such a short time frame, and knowing I was helping a company that I loved and I believed in that to me was like, okay, if I can make a career and get paid to do this, that would be my ideal career. So then I just kind of started looking around like what, what even is this, you know? 
Well, and it must, so, you know, it's, it's great that you had that passion with it, but you're also in a very, um, you know, I think this is something a lot of corporate people struggle with is, uh, okay, I've got the, the stability that comes with, you know, a corporate role that, you know, and, and for you, it would be, it's a pretty prominent role. Um, was that scary, I guess, when you did suddenly the, the light went on, I do want to make a change, but, um, you know, how did, how did you tackle that part of it yourself? Yeah, I think that the biggest part for me was feeling like I might disappoint my family, mm-hmm. feeling like I might um, somehow be a disappointment to them because they were so supportive of my path in law. Um, you know, I was 27 at the time. I had bought a house in Santa Monica and I was yeah. single and I had a mortgage <laughs> payment. So I had responsibilities. Yeah. And I was dating my husband at the time um, and he just really he was getting his MBA and he said, I'm taking these marketing classes. And for me, it's just like a foreign language, but I see you and I see that it's so intuitive for you. And I yeah. see how passionate you are about the side project you're working on. You really should, if you're interested, just go for it. You know, what's the worst that can happen. You can always go back to law. So I kind of realized that I was betting on myself. I was just betting on myself and I knew that I would put in the work. I knew I would figure it out, but I had to have some parameters that allowed me to feel comfortable to make that leap, knowing that I wasn't going to panic about money or I wasn't going to panic about things not happening fast enough for me. So I gave myself a six month runway and that meant like money. I had enough saved up to really, you know, and I plan, I plan for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I had enough saved up to cover my mortgage and cover my expenses. So I wasn't in a panic and I had uh, one lead on a paying client that would have been a really nice supplement to the savings I had. So it felt like it took the pressure off, but also just giving myself the space to take the time and build it the right way and be strategic about who I brought in as clients and, you know, promoting brands I really loved and believed in and not just ones that could pay the retainer. Um, you know, so I gave myself a little bit of time to say, okay, you know, do not hit the panic button before six months. And I was really lucky. I was profitable right away. Um, you know, started a business with just very low overhead and initially it was just me. And so I was able to kind of hang on to what I was bringing in and use it as a solid foundation to build on top of. But I think it was just that realization at 27 that, you know, my life was my own and my happiness was mine to make. I wasn't just going to kind of fall into the right path, the right career path for myself. Um, I had to be strategic about pursuing it and nobody else is living my life. I'm not living my life for my parents. I think ultimately what is most important to a parent is that their child is happy and, you know, feels fulfilled. But there was that piece of it that feels almost like a failure. Like when you tell people, you know, I'm a, I'm a former lawyer, they, it's almost like you are saying, well, I couldn't hack it. And it wasn't like that for me. It just wasn't, it wasn't something I could see myself doing. I mean, I had a great job. I, you know, I was at a really good firm. I just didn't love it. And I realized how little I enjoyed it once I was out and had a career I was so passionate about. I thought passion in your career was for other people. I didn't know that I could have that. Yeah. Wow. And, and I guess that's the one thing a lot of people struggle with um, because I, I think once you do get exposed to the job, a lot of the times and you're in, in a, a job, 
um, it becomes really easy just to assume that that doesn't exist anymore. That you know that this this passionate thing about their job is is just you know what people talk about, but really, do they ever feel like that? And but the the reality is, people do feel that, and and it's it's finding it is is a is a great thing. Um, I thought it was like for artists, you know, yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or people that are like they turned a hobby or something they love into their career, and maybe they don't make great money, and like very few people actually like hit it big. Yeah. You know, I had only known professional jobs and the people I knew in professional jobs had passion for, you know, hobbies and right. travel and things unrelated to their jobs. Right. So I didn't know you could have the two together. That was like a, like a revelation for yeah. me. You know? Now, and when you started doing the this new role, you started in more of um, uh, just a, a traditional kind of PR, social media kind of focus. And I know that you've you've changed that even over the last little while. Um, did that did that evolve in a um, a set way? Like, had you planned on okay, now I'm going to expand what I do, or did things like you know, I mean, obviously a lot of people when they went into a pandemic, things shifted in how things were done. And and you know, how did that happen for you? Now that you're you've really kind of broadened what you what you do. Yeah. So, um, I now have this whole coaching side of the business that I teach other people who want to learn how to do PR as a service, Mm -hmm. the step-by-step approach, um, and then teach them how, you know, with a framework, how to launch, grow and scale a profitable PR agency. So when I first started, I've run my agency for 16 years now. And when I first started social media, didn't exist. It just like, wasn't a thing at all. Um, and we sort of saw that change when, you know, Twitter and Facebook kind of came on the scene and then our clients were asking for it and it was more time consuming than just, you know, posting a few tweets here and there to make it look like their account had a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so we expanded in that way. So like I had probably that first expansion that was, you know, going from PR traditional earned media to offering social media services. Um, and we brought in some of our biggest clients offering that service because I think, as a small agency, we're very nimble and we're able to figure out how to do things that the big, bigger companies just couldn't do in a short turnaround and with a, you know, smaller budget. So we offered value there. And then I started um, noticing that, um, you know, people were asking me how I made that transition. Cause it was like, you were a lawyer, what the F, you know, you didn't have any, you know, experience training contacts. Like, what were you thinking? Like, are you a crazy person, but how did you do it? You know, how are you able to do it? And I was mentoring women all over the world. It was really cool. I had no idea how they were finding me, you know, maybe through Twitter or whatever. And I was doing it for free and I loved it so much. And I started to get all the same questions and, realized that I was giving them all very similar advice. Before this, I did have a PR course for experts, brand experts, entrepreneurs to do it themselves. And that was me noticing people were starting to make money online, sharing their expertise. And, you know, I thought people wanted to know from me, how do you do PR for yourself? But people never came to me and asked that they really wanted to know about building a business. So I, put it out there. And, you know, on Instagram, I said, does anybody want to, you know, learn how to do this? I'll take like a small cohort and we'll just kind of build out this content as we go. And it was like a premium, you know, coaching experience. And I had about 10 people join. So I, 
I had a proof of concept before I even built it. Unlike the other thing where I spent so much money, time, effort, you know, with the professional videos and the branding and that program was great. It just wasn't, I wasn't even passionate about it. I'm really passionate about this model, this agency model and how women can create a business that serves the kind of life they want, have work, work life integration. If this is what your vision of, you know, how you want your life to look, look similar to how I've structured mine, then let me show you how to do it. So I kind of built that agency side of the coaching, um, realizing it was like a light bulb went off, like, Oh my God, I'm so, I can't believe I haven't been paying attention. This is what people are asking me for. And then once we had that, that program, it was like, knowing how to serve our audience, what they needed. And we had this year entirely built out in terms of strategy. And when we were launching things like everybody plans their year or last year, I should say. And when the pandemic hit, it was like this, you know, we were doing a huge live event. We were doing a bunch of stuff that we had to put on the back burner and it was like paying attention to our audience and asking them what they needed. And we had always wanted to launch a membership to teach people how to do PR as a service. Yeah. And we were going to do it in like the fourth quarter, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter of last year. And we just completely flipped our schedule, canceled the event, and then launched it's a program called the Pitch Lab in three weeks. And yeah. again, launched it before anybody we had anything to sell people. We just put up a, you know, a cart to transact. And in the first month and a half, we had like 120 people sign up for this membership and a lot of them are still in it, you know, just renewing and hanging on. And it was a response to the community feeling like they were out of like their career paths were out of their hands. And it felt like it was not empowering. We wanted to empower them to train themselves, to earn money on their terms and give them the skill that even in a pandemic brands, you know, they did cut back a bit, but we had new business inquiries all the time. I think they want to get ahead of their competitors and, you know, try to capture market share. So if brands and experts are looking for the service, we can train you and give you a path to earn great revenue by offering this service. And so that's what we did. And we turned it on in like three weeks and yeah. that's not my style. Cause I like to, I'm like more like a planner, but I was like, yeah. okay, you know, and it's, it's excellent. And it's, I'm so proud of it. And I have a, just a really incredible team that helps put the content together every month. And I learned so much and I know it's packed with value yeah. and it's something I'm really proud of. And it has helped our members, you know, kind of get their careers back on track. So yeah. That was well, really- and, I mean, the fact I, I mentioned at the start that you are, um, you're recognized for obviously for the professional part that you do, but also for this, this whole idea of being a mompreneur and being able to structure, um, structure your life in a different way. And have you found, um, especially recently, um, you know, do you, do you really find people identify with that? Like, do you, do you have a lot of people still reaching out and trying to figure out, you know, how do I, how do I create this for myself at a time when, you know, it, it's, it can be um, probably more stressful for people than it maybe ever has been before. Do you, have you found an uptick on that? I guess. Would... Yeah. I mean, it's always been my audience. Um, you know, my audience is primarily women. I think there's a few men here and there, but they're lurkers. They buy the products and then they kind of lurk in the back. Yeah. Um, I have noticed that women are, 
you know, I mean, there's all these articles about women, women leaving the workforce and, you know, with yeah. the homeschooling and being, being in the home with the family, we have seen that women are wanting to contribute. So they're, you know, they're, it's not like a cute side hustle hobby. They yeah. have these great skills and they want to monetize and they want to be strategic about it. And I think I've always been very honest about my journey as an entrepreneur. And when I had kids and my son is on the spectrum and it's very challenging, very challenging, especially with COVID and distance learning. And we were surviving. We were not thriving. It was really (laughs) a hard time. And I'm always honest about that because, you know, not a lot of people share that. And I've sought it out. You know, does anybody have an experience like mine? And Um, so I think because I'm so open about what is important to me and the fact that I've been able to strategically build my business in a way that allows me to be the kind of parent that I always wanted to be or hope to be that people are, they gravitate towards that. So I get a lot of younger women who see that that's a path that they want to be on eventually. And then I get women that are already moms that are looking for a way to, support their families to be able to be there for their kids but also like you you feel so um you feel like it's it's a a positive part of your identity a lot of women feel like i'm not just a mom i mean i will say this first of all being a full-time parent is the hardest 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 job there is i believe okay yeah <laughs> um I'm not saying that it's harder to have a business and be a parent. I believe for me, it's been easier for me. It's a a respite. It's a, a place that I go, especially I've, I've come to realize that we do so much for my son in terms of therapies and, you know, so much we've invested and we'll have like one step forward and two steps back. So it's hard to feel like all of this stuff that I'm advocating for him is actually making a difference. Like I know it is, but it's not, like every something's like this big revelation, like it's a big change. So I feel like with this, these programs, I see the impact that it's making. I see that these women are having such great results and they're loving what they're doing. And I get so much out of that personally. So I, I personally love working. And I think that because I share all of, all of that, you know, all of the sides of my life and um, people are kind of drawn to that, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a model for what, yeah, I have a woman that's like running a PR agency on a boat off the coast of the Azores islands. And she's like, she'll take calls and she's got like the, the bulkhead is like one inch from her head and she's sitting on a counter, but she's like, I, we're doing this. My kids are home. They're, they're, you know, on the boat. And my husband is like, she she said, I'm the sole provider of the family and we're untethered and we're on a boat. And this is what we want to be doing. And like, this is how I've been able to do it. I followed a model and it's working, you know? So for me, that's like the ultimate, it just is the best. Uh, now uh, you you talked a bit there about um you know how you present yourself very authentically and and that's how you kind of connect with a lot of people um have you found and and this could be for both sides of the business like whether it's the the kind of larger company pr stuff that you do in marketing stuff uh, or some of the smaller um do you see have things changed in the approach to kind of how you market to people how you present PR opportunities um, has any of that changed from kind of two years ago or a year and a half ago um, in in your experience 
Yeah. I mean, things are always evolving. I think in the earned media side, you know, when I first started, it was like complete separation of uh, paid advertising and editorial. And there wasn't any like crossover. And now it's like you pitch on the editorial side and they forward you to the ad department. And, you know, traditional media is kind of changing. It's not going away, but it is changing. Print publications are, you know, going digital. Um, We look at it like there's more opportunities online, you know, certainly with podcasts becoming so popular. um, I think podcasts are the best medium to be able to share and tell your story. You have a captive audience. They listen, their attention span is longer. They're listening to like 80% of most shows. So it's a really great way also to share your personality. So we're seeing like a shift in, um, things going digital and really it's like knowing that you are matching a story with the publication and, um, being intentional about it. It's not like you're just going to kind of exist and be a cool thing and people are going to flock to write about you. You have to be intentional. So I see a lot more entrepreneurs, even just starting out, pitching themselves as experts. It used to be that you had to have all these certifications or you had to be established or known to be in the media. But now there's so many uh, publications looking for sources. I feel like, you know, we're starting to see all these people that maybe it's your competitor and you go, well, wait a minute, I could have talked about that topic and I've been at it longer than this person. So we're showing people that you can just pitch. And the worst thing they can do is say no, but they're not going to include you unless you actually try. And people are having a lot of success with it. And I think too, like there's interesting stories to tell. And, you know, especially now with how people are, you know, making it work during the pandemic, either like how their jobs have shifted, like you asked me about, um, you know, people are really curious. And at the beginning too, it was all about work from home, work from home strategies, remote work. And it was like everywhere. So the the, the topics shift for sure, but um, it's not only about COVID. I think people are having like COVID news fatigue and they want things that are uplifting, that are inspirational. How to content is really, really translating well, you know, like uh, converting well right now, pitch wise. So those are the shifts that I've noticed. And also influencer marketing, which never existed. And now, you know, there's, you know, there's so many ways to go about it, but brands that do it well, do it right, are having really great results. Um, We used to do celebrity outreach and it's not as much of a thing anymore. Like influencers are the new celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how some of that has changed so much in a pretty short period of time and, and I'm sure will continue to evolve as well. Um, uh, We mentioned at the start, I think that, um, you know, from a business standpoint, you do lots of goal setting. Um, You know, I I know that you do kind of plan things out, (laughs) whether it's your day or whatever it is, but um, what is your approach from, from that end? Are you, uh, um, are you a write down your kind of goals kind of person? Are you, um, you know, do you, do you kind of take opportunity as it comes? How, how does that work for you? I'm kind of a bit of both because, um, you know, we plan things out. I have two sides of my business. I'm running the agency and I'm running the coaching side and I have two separate teams for both sides of the business. Mm -hmm. And when I have almost like integrators on both sides, so they essentially run me, (laughs) they will tell me what to do. So um, we will sit down and quarterly we'll talk about 
goal setting for the next quarter, like what, you know, revenue goals or really for us, it's an impact goal. How many entrepreneurs do we think we can support with our programs or are we aiming to connect with and have an impact in their lives? Um, And obviously the impact translates to income, but um, we'll set quarterly goals and then we'll back into them. So what does that look like for us? You know, how are we promoting these programs? If they're evergreen, do we have to run more ads or are we going to be doing more sort of like mini live launches? Um, So once we have those goals, then it helps me kind of push everything that is less important or not urgent to like the back burner and we'll revisit that. And then I know exactly what I have to focus on. And then daily, you know, there's so much that comes up on the agency side, client meetings. um, And then there's so much that comes up also on the, like in my personal life with my kids, my son has a lot of appointments and therapies we go to. So I have certain things that are like set and then I plan around them. So I'll have like back office days. I know he talks about that, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> back of back of stage or whatever. Um, yeah. days. So um, I record a weekly Facebook live show on Thursdays. So I know I'll like probably take a shower and do my makeup. So what else can I do that day where I'm, you know, maybe on Instagram or right. something else to capitalize on, you know. <laughs> clean hair and (laughs) and the other days I'm just, I'm cranking away and it's focused attention and I have to be really focused on what I'm doing. So I have to kind of clear everything else off the schedule. Um, And then I do coaching a lot. So like Wednesdays are usually coaching days or master classes. So I have a pretty good routine and then the little things that have to get done in between, I'll either write them down in my full focus planner plug Um, or I will um, my team will uh, sort of manage my day on slack and I look and I'll see daily update what is due today and what is due coming this week and I'll prioritize what I'm working on awesome no that is that's that's great and and I think um, you know, anybody at home who's figuring out kind of how to, to jumpstart this stuff, one of the things that we do with everybody, Jen, is um, uh, try to find a couple of actionable items. And, and you just gave them a whole bunch there, but I'm, I'm going to kind of hit you with another question that I, I think, especially considering your background, makes a lot of sense, is that if someone's just starting, so is, is thinking, okay, I, I want to really build up my online presence, it's probably feeling a little bit big at this point because you know everyone knows there's so many different platforms so many different things that you can do um what would you say would be maybe two or three steps that somebody could take right away and and um you know to start them on that path Uh, would you have a couple of tips yeah i'd love to focus all the tips on pr media Mm -hmm. outreach yeah um because i also want to position it as something that's very doable very approachable and give you a plan so that you don't feel overwhelmed. So, you know, even if you're just starting out, um, you know, typically people that are starting have come from somewhere. They're not, you know, they're not like just out of college and, you know, they're looking to make a change and do their own thing. So you have a path, you have experience, you have all of these wins you've had in your career, assuming, you know, you're coming from another career or working at a company and now striking out on your own. So you have this experience. So thinking about how you can share that experience, like inspirational content, like I said, or step-by-step how-to content is really compelling. So packaging that up in a way where it's like a pitch, you know, how can you share your expertise? How can you add value with certain publications, 
readers or listeners or their audience. So yes, there's a million places to go online. What I like to tell people is focus on three. And usually the shortlist comes from when you are listening to content, when you are, you know, reading something, um, it really resonates with you and you feel like, oh my God, I could have, to- I could have totally been part of, like, duh, they should know about me. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the publications you should be pitching. And maybe it's a big one like Forbes or Business Insider, but you never know until you try. Start mm-hmm. your tactic with something maybe a little smaller and see what resonates, but make a list of three. And then start looking at the content and see who's writing the content that most aligns with what you are wanting to share, what you know how to do. Um, And then check into them on social media, see how those writers, sometimes they're freelancers, sometimes they're contributors, go look at their social media, kind of see what they're up to, read their content and get really checked into what they're all about so that, and also start sharing their content with your audience and tag them, you know, great article by so-and-so tip number three has been instrumental in the growth of my business, something like that. And then you share the link, they'll start to notice it. So it's like, you're giving, you're adding value before you're making a pitch. And then your name is more relevant. You know, it stands out more. And then when you go to make a pitch, you absolutely must convey that this is a strategic targeted pitch just for that person at that publication not like a mass pitch like dear blogger hey podcaster i'm sure you <laughs> have seen that yes. right Delete. <laughs> you know no no thank you but when Absolutely. somebody says you know jamie i love your show the, the last episode you did with jen from generation pr was so compelling i love it you know whatever it's like yeah this person's actually checked into my content now you're paying attention it's not just a pitch for everyone. Maybe the body of the pitch is kind of similar for everyone, but what can you share with their audience that will either give them a step-by-step to show them how to do something, talk about a transformation either you've had or somebody that you've supported has had, something inspiring in your journey. Um, you know, I used to get a lot of press for being a lawyer and turning into a PR. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. what? You know, what is this? How did you do it? Why did you do it? Um, you know, so I share a lot of, I've, I have gotten a lot of press about that. Um, you know, that was the big business insider piece. I got Forbes teaching how to do PR. It's just stuff in my wheelhouse and also stuff that I want people to think of me for, you know? So if there's something that you've done that you really don't want that to be your thing that you're known for, then don't pitch it because once it's out there, then it becomes kind of like your, you know, signature thing. So be intentional with what you're reaching out. But send an email, make sure they know it's just for them. Pitch like one or two bullet points, maybe two or three, um, you know, ideas of stories or a story if you have one idea and then three bullets of what you'll cover and then wrap it up like short, sweet to the point. You don't have to get into your whole life journey. You don't have to get into your whole bio. It's just enough to pique their interest and get a response. And then you put a call to action at the end. So they know what's the very next step they can take to move this forward with you. Like, please let me know if you'd like for me to write write this up um, or let me know if you'd like for me to share my seven tips in a more structured way, whatever, and send off that pitch. And then the one thing you have to do also is follow up because everybody's busy. Their inbox is very cluttered. Maybe you're at the bottom, they're waiting to get back to you and you sort of jog their memory and bump it to the top. Even in our agency, we get most of our um, placements for clients in the follow-up phase. 
So mm-hmm. don't feel like you're bothering them. Um, don't feel like you're annoying. You, you know, these are journalists. This is their job is to find interesting stories to tell and why not have it be yours? Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of people don't realize that there's an ebb and flow to what they do throughout a week even. So if what maybe they, they brushed past earlier in the week might suddenly prompt, uh, you know, they've got a deadline that they have to hit too that they'll get later on in a week as well. So um, uh, that's fantastic. I, I know if anyone's um, been listening and, and missed these, make sure that you, you get out a, a pad of paper and, and write those down again. The other thing would obviously be um, if people are trying to um, you know, follow your stuff, maybe take advantage of a course, any of those things, what would be the best ways to do that, Jen? Yeah, so I'm all over social at Generation PR with a J. And we have an entire hub of resources, tons of free resources. And then, of course, our paid programs at profitableprpros.com. And we've, um, we've um, set up a success path. So you could see exactly what you have to do and in what order and kind of figure out where you are on the path. Um, so if you're in a, it's a really good match if you're in another service agency, like we have VAs that go through it and we have social media managers. Predictable recurring retainer revenue is where it's at. And this is the agency model. It's what we teach. So if you're kind of sick of this, like feast or famine looking for projects or having clients come and go, we have a whole framework for how to run a profitable agency and, you know, build on what you're passionate about. Very cool. Definitely worth, worth a look. Um, We will put in the show notes, we'll put the links in there as well. So if you, uh, uh, if you want to just uh, definitely take a look at that. If you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, um, do so right now. We have great guests every week, just like Jen. So uh, um, again, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully be able to uh, have you again back in the future and and we'll talk through this in a little more detail, but uh, thank you very much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I'd love to come back. However, I can help, you know, your audience hit me up let me know send me a dm on instagram let me know you heard this and i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me no problem and thanks again and we will talk to everybody again on big idea big moves